Once upon a time, over the hills and far away in Peru, there was a run-down, sleepy little village. It was linked to the great capital city of Lima only by a dust road that no one traveled unless they absolutely had to, for it passed for hundreds of kilometers through an unrelenting desert of sand and boulders. Uphill, downhill, a curve here and there, and at last, a short, perilous stretch of winding mountain pass. Every two hours or so, one passed a tumble-down Indian village, always at a place where streams from the far Andes ran through on their way to the Pacific Ocean. At improvised stalls, the Indians offered small, dark yellow bananas, oranges with tough peel, bright green lemons, and home-brewed lemonades of all colors. The way of life of these villagers was modest and monotonous. Apart from fruit, they also planted carrots, potatoes, onions, and cotton and on Sundays they all gathered together in a small Catholic church. Nowadays, half this route is a four-lane highway, the rest a broad tarmac road. From Lima to Nazca is about 450 kilometers in a southerly direction, towards Chile via the world-famous Pan-American Highway. Known in Europe as the Dream Road, it crosses the American continent from north to south, from Alaska to Chile. The Indian villages along the route are still there, but have grown enormously. Traffic lights and one-way streets conduct the streams of traffic through townships bursting at the seams and saturated with exhaust fumes. Restaurants, petrol stations, bars, and car repair workshops line the road. Sleepy little Nazca has become a small town complete with museum, park, shops, and banks. School attendance is compulsory. Hotels of varying quality compete with one another for tourists, long-distance drivers, and adventurers. The streets are overhung with the usual advertising hoardings, and at the edge of town is a small aerodrome with a tower and bar. Between 100 and 150 U.S. dollars buys Nazca addicts a flight over the world-famous Pampa de Nazca, and a good chance of throwing up as the pilots force their small machines out of one tight curve into another. After each half-hour excursion, every tourist receives a certificate from Aero Condor, signed and dated by the pilot, stating that he or she has flown over the Nazca Plain. And yet, none of these hurried travelers gets a glimpse of the real riddle of Nazca. Why is that? The tourist flights concentrate mainly on the so-called scrape drawings on the rust-brown surface of the desert. These depict such things as a giant spider, a hummingbird, a monkey, a spiral, and a fish, all interspersed with ruler-straight, narrow lines, and on the slopes, various heads with rays radiating from them. There are also, finally, isolated markings on the ground which look like giant runways. All this can be observed only from an airplane. At ground level, there is almost nothing to be seen. I asked the chief pilot of Aerocondor, Eduardo Heran, why the tourists don't get to see the Ingeno Valley in the mountains. We were advised to fly mainly over the scrape drawings because these would be of interest to the tourists. The flights would also get too expensive if we were to buzz about all over the place for hours on end. I buzzed about all over the place for days on end.